0: And to me, it sort of went out of the way. I totally get you're trying to capture the time period, the 60s, 70s. But you don't have to do it by being racist.
1: That's how I feel about West Side Story, bro. I'm like, that guy I'd never met a Puerto Rican. No chance.
0: Hey, what's going on? I'm hanging out with my friend, Puerto Rican Jack. My other friends, Black Jeff and Chinese Jimmy. <laughs>
1: Chinese Jimmy. I'm not racist, though. It would afterwards, it would cut to Chinese Jimmy. He'd be, he'd be like, yeah, I'm Korean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um. What's up real critics? Um as always, I'm Jose Garcia Chau and you're listening to everyone's a real critic. Uh if you're just tuning in here at EARC, John and I take a look at movies that have divided critics and audiences. If it has at least a 20% difference between the audience and the critic scores on Rotten Tomatoes, we're going to talk about it. We'll give you the real critics' thoughts on the movie, break down the critic and audience scores and wrap it up with our very own overall score of the movie. But we like to keep it fun and light because uh, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. Everyone's a real critic. So without further ado, John, my friend, my brother, my homie, let the people know what we're talking about this time.
0: What's going on, Jose? And uh, all of our other real critics giving us a listen. Uh, make sure to check out all of our previous episodes, wherever you get your podcasts and some extra content on our social channels at Pod uh this week we're kind of getting a run through
1: the academy awards the oscars ever heard of them did you watch them last night i didn't i did not watch the oscars did you watch the oscars
0: no i i did not we'll we'll get into some of the some of that in a minute but uh you know i feel like i get enough narcissism and vanity in my regular life so i didn't need to really watch
1: (laughs) an incestuous
0: hollywood love fest for four hours uh on television i think i had I had a few other things to do, like uh, watch one of the shows I'm about to talk about and really good or really bad. Um, But this week, we are reviewing one of the Best Picture nominees. I should say a lot already about the uh, (laughs) Best Picture nominees, if we're talking about one. Uh, This one was a Best Picture, Best Director, and Best Original Screenplay nominee, Licorice Pizza. But before we get into our slice of Licorice Pizza, let's uh, get into what everyone really is here as to get our suggestions on what they should be watching on tv or movies this week so let's kick it off really good or really bad Mm, 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 mm,
1: mm.
0: (laughs) what you been watching man
1: let's see um I've been watching a lot. I've actually been I'm in I'm not in the desert of what you're watching this time. You know, really? You know how in previous segments we were like, man, there's nothing on. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot on right now. OK, well, what? Because I actually I feel
0: like I'm in the desert a little bit. What what, what do I need to be watching?
1: Have you seen Our Flag Means Death on HBO Max? I, I've seen the picture, but I haven't clicked it. Is
0: it good? I feel like they were trying to sell me.
1: Okay. Do you like Do you like Taika Waititi? I I do like him. Well, do you like his films? I
0: like. Yeah, I like. Uh, I think I've talked about it before. Um, what we do in the shadows, I think, is great. I really liked uh, Jojo Rabbit. I thought was
1: a great movie. Thor Ragnarok, great movie. So great. Hunt for the Wilderpeople, so good. Yeah. I mean, like, if you love all of those, you're gonna love Our Flag Means Death because it's just Taika okay. Waititi. And uh, his brand of like Kiwi humor, you know, sure. well, specifically his brand of humor where it's so silly sometimes, but it's all rooted in like this, emo. like, I don't know, it's somehow so emotional at the same time. This show is so fucking funny. If you haven't seen it, it's, Wait, like about- it's a show or a it's movie? a show. Oh, yeah, it's a show. Oh, OK. They're like 30 minute episodes, too. So like you don't have to. It's not like a big commitment, uh, but it's basically about. So this is like a real life story about this guy. He's that was called the Gentleman Pirate. And he was Mm. a pirate that gave up his life of very comfortable means in the time. He had a whole family and he abandons them to become a pirate. And he dies in like two or three years. Um, But he befriends Blackbeard. Part of the legend is that like. He starts to live on Blackbeard's ship at some point. Not much else is really known about the guy, but the show like kind of tries to fill in the blanks: <laughs> like, mm-hmm. who this guy is, why yeah. he left his family, and why Blackbeard likes him. And uh, Blackbeard is is played by Taika Waititi, and it's fucking hilarious. Okay, uh, so you can just imagine that it just takes off from there, and the crew okay. also is very funny um just like a bunch of he, he just hires like it seems like the cheapest help so like it's just all this like ragtag bunch of idiots basically that are accompanying reese darby the gentleman pirate in the seas and they're just it's so it's great it's great okay i'm in really good Utah. i'd say it's really good yeah and other than that i've been watching uh atlanta only the first two episodes are out at the time of recording though but dude atlanta is great the, the way that they like combine like this surrealism with comedy and even at times horror is incredible and the last two episodes are really good yeah what about you what have uh, what have you been watching i've been getting into really good
0: quality television as i mentioned so much to watch, like you're talking about, and it's really hard to choose, you know. So I've uh, been watching
1: Love is Blind season two.
0: <laughs> really good.
1: Oh, man. You're going into the reality TV, I see. I mean,
0: not typically. Sometimes watching these shows, I get really, frust- really frustrated uh, just mm-hmm. because of how... Uh, I'm not, you know, there are people who are much more intellectually and emotionally intelligent than I am. But it just seems that the people they find on these shows just have so many meltdowns over nothing. Or they just can't, they can't see through to the other side. There is a couple on there. Well, they don't ever, I guess, really become a couple. And the one of them is a very faithful person that is Part of their core value as a person and and a identity trait that they want to share in someone else. And the the other person in the relationship gives no fucks about (laughs) faith or God. And that person is confused why their relationship is not working out. (laughs) It's just it. That's the kind of people that are on. It's like fundamental differences. Right. Yeah. And he's like, but
1: we can't see past that. Like
0: we, we, you know, that's in the past. We don't, it doesn't really matter. Oh,
1: wow. Yeah. What is the format of this show? Like, have you never seen it? I've never seen it.
0: Oh my God. I apologize. Well, I'm sure you're not the only one for anyone else who's never seen Love is Blind. There was a first season that came out early in the pandemic when there was Literally nothing to watch, and so I watched it. I got in on the hype. Uh, so the way they do it, and this season is the same setup. Nick Lachey and his wife, forgive me if I forget her name, uh, are the hosts of this show. And Jessica, then they get a bunch of uh, Simpson, no, unfortunately, that did not work out. So they get a bunch of people, singles, supposedly. Uh, guys and girls, they stay on opposite ends of this experiment. They do not interact other than to come into these pods. And the pods have a, a wall in between where they cannot see each other. They can only talk to each other. And so they're given 10 days in the pods to meet as many people as they can and build relationships. And the goal of the experiment after the 10 days is to have people propose to each other. And so while, you know, some people do, some people don't, uh, some people don't make it on the show because of, you know, they don't want their relationship to be public or they actually want to take more time and don't want it to be, you know, publicized. And oh, wow. They
1: actually choose to do that. Yeah. I mean, they
0: pitch this thing as an experiment like a a social experiment so if you have had trouble dating and you want to just give this a shot i mean you can so in season two they they give us a little bit more time with the couples i think i think we have more couples in this season that we're spending time with so it's going a little bit they they've included uh uh, some other nuances to it so it's it's been interesting
1: wow okay maybe i should watch this Because I think we probably talked about it on here before, but like, I don't have, I haven't, I've never watched too much reality TV. Oh, me neither. I've never watched The
0: Bachelor or The Bachelorette. Never watched a single episode.
1: So see, I've seen a few of those. Like, I used to live with somebody who loved The Bachelor, so I would watch it on Mondays with them. And it was fucking hilarious. You can say mom
0: and dad. You don't have to it's
1: fine. It's our friend Sydney. It's Matt, it's uh, Matt's yeah, friend. Yeah. So I've seen that before, but I haven't seen and I've watched um God, what's the other one? 90 Day Fiance.
0: Oh yeah, you told me you did watch that. Yeah. I only just saw the viral clips of Big Ed. I never watched it.
1: Oh, is that the guy with the thumb for a face? Like he's just like <laughs> like there's just no neckline. Yeah, he had a he had
0: he did have a neck issue. Yeah.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> That's one way to <laughs> <laughs> That's one way to say that. Big Ed, uh, if
0: you're listening, we love you.
1: But I, And I've also seen Love on the Spectrum, which I love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little uh, bit some episodes A little of more master, tasteful. You know, of, some flavor of love back yeah. in the day.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I obviously
1: think, Jersey Shore.
0: Yeah, Jersey Shore was a staple back then. I'm trying to think yeah. of other shows, reality shows I would watch in high school. I used to watch Next. Oh, yeah, Did you ever watch that? Yeah, they'd like come
1: off the bus and they'd name three facts about themselves. Like, I'm Stacy. I like to eat cardboard and I also surf. And when I meet boys, they say. I like to lick their belly buttons. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah, Yeah. that was a good one. It
1: was just, Um, I love those.
0: (laughs) Pimp My Ride, great show. I don't know if that's reality TV. That's more of a community relations, you know. Staple vehicle right there. Just doing good for yeah, the that community.
1: was uh was it ice cube or ice tea? What who was that A- My Right Exhibit? Exhibit oh shit, <laughs> cut that <Wow>. out, cut that out. Yikes, anyways. You said that you didn't like the Oscars. I mean it's tough
0: to not like something I didn't even watch, but in general <laughs> In general, I don't really like award shows. You know what I mean? Like all of them, not a big fan. There's just so many other things I'd rather do than just watch people love each other for four hours. It's like, it's also something so rehearsed to me that even the the improvised jokes and improvised moments feel like they were totally supposed to happen. The jokes are never funny.
1: I don't know. I remember some like the VMAs. You remember the VMAs? Like they were funny when I was growing up. Like Jimmy Fallon as Anakin Skywalker.
0: Yeah. What do you think happened, man? I feel like
1: because there haven't been great movies. It feels like people haven't given a fuck about the Oscars for a really long time. I don't I think it's you're right because they're not entertaining.
0: The awards are not entertaining whatsoever. And I think it's because the award show like that production of a show Hasn't really updated to keep up with how people consume media and entertainment. Viral moments help, like the Will Smith slap. That helps for sure. Uh, The slap heard around the world. (laughs)
1: Definitely brought... The Will Smith, the slapping. Yeah,
0: the slapping. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) Um, It definitely boosted their their viewership uh, up to 15 million, which was still the second fewest of all time.
1: That's the second fewest of all time.
0: Second lowest behind last year, which was nine, nine. Wow. My thing, my thing about viral moments, though, is they work to get like some buzz, but no one's it never gets people to buzz about what actually was happening in the show. I mean, people are talking about Will Smith and Chris Rock, but they're not talking about the Oscars. They're not talking about what won best picture. They're not talking about the production yeah. of it. So it's sort of like what's what's the point anyway like shout out coda for winning and being a good movie but that's about it so <laughs> i i just feel like the the oscars also to me because of this hollywood love fest because everyone in there loves each other and they want to just chop it up with each other it feels like a, the perfect microcosm for the increasing disparity between critics and the audience the critics love the oscars They want to be in the room. They get all the jokes. They want to be the cool people. And the audience is just like, what the fuck
1: is this? I think you're right in that. It's like the Oscars don't really work because of the vast separation between the actors on screen, you know, living a life of affluency and the audience. You know, we just consume it. So like, maybe it's also because of like our times. People don't want to fucking watch a bunch of rich people waltz around in their nice clothes. Which is <laughs> which is hours. weird though, because
0: people do people do that on YouTube, on Instagram all the time. People stand over point, celebrities yeah. all the time and want to know what they're wearing. Like YouTubers are not poor, uh, and people love watching and consuming their content. So it's just like there, there's Twitch, a disparity. Twitch streamers, yeah. Twitch streamers, same kind of thing. It's just a different type of celebrity now,
1: and I don't think yeah, it Hollywood seems very outdated. Up. Like it makes yeah. sense when you're watching like a movie like Singing in the Rain, right? And like, ooh, the talkies are coming out, and there's a bunch of photographer because it was the only way to consume media back then. Right. You know, it was just the biggest thing that there was, and now it seems very. I don't know. It just seems dated. Seems dated to me. It's
0: vanilla, man. You know what you're going to get. Yeah. And and their attempts at spicing it up always come off as just not genuine at all.
1: Yeah. Disingenuous for sure. Yeah. yeah. It's like when you say like, you know, like what pisses you off in a movie regardless of the concept is when it feels like a cash grab, right? And it feels like we're just doing this just sell out. To, yeah, to sell out. And then like the Oscars, it's just like, look at all of the... <laughs> Like, the yeah. the product, all of is- the sellouts. <laughs> That's true. They're selling their own product
0: for four hours, too. So it totally wears on yeah. you for a while. But like last Which year, is wild that Will up?
1: Smith would damage his brand like that, <laughs> I don't think he actually damaged his brand too much. That's crazy, and- right? Because I don't feel anything about if you- we could talk about the slap afterwards, but what were you going to say? <laughs> the slapping it? Yeah,
0: I was just gonna say um, before that they talk about how what, what was it last year or two years ago the like Oscars so white right mm-hmm. and then so it's like oh, okay let's get Regina Hall to co-host the Oscars let's get yeah let's make sure we include other movies diverse movies in all of our categories whether or not they win or are good movies let's include them
1: yeah it just seems. Like they're trying to catch up. They don't quite understand culture, you know? It's like watching Nancy Pelosi walk outside with like African garb, you know? <laughs> or, or Steve Buscemi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In high school. <laughs> yeah. Like imagine the Oscars happened. It's been a month since the beginning of Russia's war on Ukraine, right? Imagine if all of them were standing there wearing like, I stand with Ukraine pins and (laughs) shit like that. You know, it would feel gross. It would just feel disgusting. I'm honestly surprised that it didn't happen. (laughs) I thought you were going
0: to say, imagine if they were all standing up there on stage holding hands and singing Belief by (laughs) John. Yeah. Because that's what Ukraine needs right now. Anyway, I I just like, we, we were talking about Best Picture Noms. This one had... Licorice Pizza had over a twenty percent difference. Uh, the The critic score for Licorice Pizza is ninety percent. The audience score sixty five percent, which is seems pretty outrageous to be a best picture nomination. But then, I remember looking at a lot of these best picture noms, and a lot of them have a huge, like, a pretty significant difference between critic and audience. And I just, again, I just kept thinking, are we in an age of just not good movies right now? It can't be.
1: No, I don't think so. Or are we in
0: an age where critics, again, just have no idea what actually makes a good movie?
1: I mean, John, like, what's, what, what do you think should have been nominated then? Do you think there are other movies that they're forgetting about? Or is I mean, your... shout out
0: Coda that deserved yeah. to win. Great movie. And it had a 94 and a 92, 94 critic, 92 audience. I think that Marvel has done an exceptional job of movies. Do I think that one of those movies should win best picture? No, but I think the ability to capture an entire country for our sake, but also an entire world should play a factor when you're considering best picture. And I think that they do an incredible job of character development. They do an incredible job of cinematography, CGI, That's something to be said of when you're considering something overall as a best picture. I I guess I just, I I don't know. I mean, the cinematography might not
1: look like a, like what the cinematography looks like in like a Darren Aronofsky or Ridley Scott movie, but you're not wrong when you say that, yeah, they capture, they capture the audience and they're the biggest movies out there, you know? Um, Fast and Furious nine. Like,
0: (laughs) <laughs> They're doing things that no movie's ever done before. Cars in space. Come on. But then I I also, I did watch Nightmare Alley, uh, which got an 80% uh, critic score, a 68% audience score. And like, I get it, you know? It wasn't an original. Have you ever seen The Prestige? Yeah. It was The Prestige. It was a guy that gets overly greedy, uh, trying to be a hustler, trying to figure out, trying to compete, con people and then he gets he gets got he got got
1: that's it you
0: know but they did it in a carnival instead of
1: as tesla it's, it's funny, I actually didn't watch a lot of these. I haven't watched a lot of these yet, so I can't really comment on whether they're all good or bad. But
0: Power of the Dog, I got 15 minutes in and fell asleep. 93% critic score, <laughs> 76% audience score.
1: Yeah, yeah, West Side Story, weird. Did it need to be made? Probably not. Is the story outdated? Yes, absolutely. And is the music okay? Sure. But, uh, probably, and, but the cinematography, that's great. Spielberg does a great job in that movie. And whoever his cinematographer is. But I don't know. It's okay. Dune was fucking awesome. It's Which crazy one? to see Dune nominated.
0: Oh, uh, yeah. Shout out, Dune. Great 45 minutes just in the desert. What's crazy is Don't Look Up. 55%, and it's half a movie. <laughs> 55% audience score. Or 55% critic score. 78% audience score. I'm surprised that audience members like this movie more than critics. Because I did not
1: like it oh i love don't look up you and i disagree on this one but i know i just like there's something uh,
0: i don't know i feel like i'm gonna my skin's gonna boil over talking about it but there's something about watching movies that make you so stressed throughout the whole time and i understand that that means it has a it's done its job right like great writing great great way to make it but I don't want to be, I, I, it was like that, this and uncut gems. I literally, I was about to movie. ask you about uncut gems. The yeah. last 30 minutes of the movie, I'm standing up with just my arms crossed, just like staring at the, I was like, I don't want to do this. And I can't <laughs> stop watching because I have to See, get through. It. I
1: love that. Like movies are supposed to make you feel something. Right. And if I'm standing up in front of my, uh, in front of my couch, in front of my TV because I'm so stressed out about whether Kevin Garnett is going to win this basketball game. And the movie has done its job, you know, (laughs) you should
0: stop gambling the Sunday chase after a bad college football Saturday. Huh? And then uh, drive my car, which I haven't seen yet. Three hours.
1: I'm going to watch that this weekend.
0: 97% critic, 78%
1: audience score. I bet that movie's good. I have no idea, but I'm going it's out, going on, on, limb. Limb. It's go out on a limb. Let's lock that sound in limb.
0: right now. I'm going to lock that sound in, so then next time when we're doing really good or really bad, <laughs> and you give it in, we don't even have to do it because we're just going to play. I'm going to
1: play the soundbite.
0: I bet that. <laughs> yeah, Has good. you
1: watched Power of the Dog, John? I
0: told you I fell asleep 15 oh, minutes into great. it. Even the even the credits rolling in rolled slow. You know. Have you mentioned King Richard,
1: starring Will the Ink Smith? It was it was okay. You watched it? Yeah. I didn't watch it.
0: I don't know what the let's see what the tomato meter says.
1: The tomato meter is 90% to 98. 90% it was all right. critic 98% audience.
0: I don't think I'd give it a 98.
1: That's pretty big, especially for a biopic. Cuz
0: those can be pretty formulaic. Yeah, and a
1: biopic that is
0: that's a tough person to play for sure.
1: I'm not going to watch it though because um, I refuse to support abusers. And he abused Chris Rock in front of the whole nation. That's a tough game to play, my, my friend. We all saw it. He should be in jail. Will Smith should go to jail. Why can't she stand up for herself? hmm Why didn't Jada Pinkett Smith go up there and slap him, huh? Yeah. Mm. No, I'm totally kidding. I think the slap <laughs> was the funniest fucking thing in the world. <laughs> I think more people should slap like that, dude. I think more people should get slapped straight up. Do you know how
0: hard it is to do that, to get a good slap like that? Which is why I I think I've I've never slapped anybody like that. I would love to do that. (laughs) I've never slapped anyone with that kind of contact either. That was the meat of his hand from like the right under It was impeccable. Where that's that big pad right
1: there. Just totally. With his fucking bear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bam. Yeah, it's incredible. Chris Rock did Honestly, lean into he's... it a little bit, though. He
0: did kind of. Like... And his hands were in his pockets behind his back. That seems a bit odd when someone charges a stage. Don't you? Don't you typically want your hands ready in case? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> it's easy to turn hmm. into a conspiracy theorist with the slap. <laughs> hmm. He also handled I the. He was laughing before pretty well. he was laughing before he went up there and slapped him. We've all gotten that look before. Ha, so ha, what? The Pinkett Smith told him, "She was like, with uh, her eyes, man. like,
0: you better do something.
1: Are you gonna do something about this?" Hmm. Hmm. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Chris Rock handled it pretty well for getting. I would have given. Whacked. I would give my left nut to watch Chris Rock swing <laughs> swing his left hand back up and smack Will in the face. Uh, oh man, can you imagine if it was the to Rock? Have seen that
0: did you see jada pickett's uh, response to everything no she she it was it was a tweet i don't have the exact tweet right in front of me but it was a tweet of something like uh is chris rock related to dwayne rock totally got him what mm-hmm.
1: you know what you know what he did take the punch he did take that slap pretty well he took it great and then laughed yeah. it off
0: what a stud you know what we weren't Total laughing stud. off
1: though
0: or i wasn't laughing what? off Licorice pizza. Let's get into
1: it. It's no laughing matter. All right. Let's get into licorice pizza.
0: I'll go over uh, a little bit of overview and then uh, we'll jump into the The Real Rundown. So, Licorice Pizza, rated R. So, uh, you know, if you got little ones around you, definitely uh, don't let them watch it. Director by Paul Thomas Anderson, your boy.
1: (laughs) Thanks for for the advice.
0: (laughs) A lot of boobies.
1: You're welcome. Yeah. It wasn't even that bad. Why is it rated R? <laughs> Don't let your little kids watch this one. <laughs> Unless you want them to grow up to be a 25-year-old that fucks minors. <laughs> oh man.
0: Paul Thomas Anderson direct, produce, or write the triple whammy on this one. You might remember paul thomas anderson from his other critically loved audience hated movie phantom thread maybe from there will be blood punch drunk love and boogie nights are some of his more notable Ooh, films
1: so good what? they're all so good are they yeah except i haven't seen punch Drunk love i
0: I've, I've seen punch drunk love i haven't seen there will be blood or phantom thread
1: Oh, dude, no you desire. gotta watch There Will Be Blood. Oh, you gotta watch There Will Be no Blood. No Desire for Phantom Thread. Oh, uh, uh, That's fine. That movie is kind of slow. But yeah. you didn't include Magnolia on here, which is also really good. Magnolia, yeah. Mm-hmm. You're
0: right. So it goes about two hours and 13 minutes. which is a little bit longer than an hour and a half, but uh, we stuck through it. Powered through. <laughs> Powered through? Him.
1: I don't know Let about it. The... Okay, I'll hold on. To what? I'll hold on to You're me. feeling 22? I was gonna say, I... I've breeze through it really i was like i watched is... it in two sittings i was in it i was in it i watched it really? in one sitting and i started at midnight last night and i watched the whole thing wow really? i know i know i thought i was gonna pass out but i was like into it
0: i started on sunday morning and then got about an hour in and i was like what the fuck is going on and then uh finish it up a little bit later on Sunday. i
1: will i will say Like, about an hour and a half into the movie, I, like, rolled over my mouse. I was like, damn, this thing's long. (laughs) (laughs) How much longer do we have to go? Oh, man, this 15-year-old really wants that 25-year-old lady. He really did. He really did. All right, let's go go into the real rundown. Yeah, you got it. All right, so Licorice Pizza is about... Teenage child star Gary Valentine, played by Cooper Hoffman, swoons high school yearbook photographer assistant slash grown-ass woman, Alana, played by Alana Haim, uh, with his quick talk, ambition, and charm. He convinces Alana to chaperone him to a late-night television appearance as a child star in an upcoming movie. And so the awkward love story begins. As we head into the seesaw relationship roller coaster. as Gary gets into a couple money-making schemes, waterbeds, pinball machines and alana is dragged along as his chaperone slash friend slash business partner that always just seems to be out of reach we follow gary and alana as they run around town confronting wild personalities such as washed up uh, movie star william holden played by sean penn wacko producer john peters played by bradley cooper and closeted politician joel walks played by benny safety all of whom vie for alana's attention Uh, until Alana finally realizes her feelings for Gary, the 15-year-old boy that she's been hanging out with.
0: That's pretty much it, man. Well done. Thanks, man. Seems like a doozy of a movie.
1: Yeah, it doesn't seem as uh, fun when you put it like that, huh? (laughs) (laughs) What were we're, uh, your first thoughts walking in? Uh, So I was very excited about this movie coming in. I was really excited because of the two starring in the movie, Philip Seymour Hoffman's son, Cooper Hoffman, and Alana Haim, who uh, is in the band Haim, which is really good uh, if you like like indie rock pop stuff. Um, so, and, and it was PTA, so like I was excited because it had like this like vintage and artful take on like uh, the classic, unoriginal coming of age rom com story at least that's like what I gathered from the trailer. Uh, and so I was hopeful that like PTA at the helm would make it feel just different enough to be pretty good, you know? So I was pretty optimistic. And PTA
0: is not the parent teacher association. It is.
1: No, no. Paul Thomas
0: Anderson for those that were a little bit confused. Um, yeah, I mean, totally agree. It looked like a, a cool vintage and artful take on the classic unoriginal, uh, coming of age story. Uh, I was just hopeful it would that sort of vintage feel, that nostalgic feel would sort of make it different enough from all of the other coming of age stories that people get all the time, which is strange that this was given original screenplay because there was not much that was original about the the screenplay other than that it was in the 70s. (laughs)
1: Yeah, like it it immediately gave me the feel of like Days and Confused, you know, did you ever watch that movie?
0: Yeah, yeah, I can see that. It feels more like Boogie Nights and Punch Drunk Love.
1: How how do you feel about Days of Confuse? You're not a fan, are you? It's all right. I knew it. I knew it. I love that movie. This movie reminds yeah. me a lot like Days of Confuse. We'll get into it. Yeah, so fast, man.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, so when we get into the movie, and you read the real rundown that uh, I put together it's always funny when you put the rundown together and i read it and then when i put it yeah. down, you read it i should probably try and put more wacky stuff in there to make you lose <laughs> your mind while off reading a it. Yeah, yeah just to throw you off a little bit we should i try that. And, we should we should definitely do that i agree we should i try and do it with grammar because it's funny when <laughs> i put a whole run-on sentence or something in there <laughs> and just hearing you uh <laughs> try and figure it out that one like pretty, uh, uh this sentence still? this is a 15 line sentence um, <laughs> this movie was interesting because of the way it was put together for those who haven't seen it yet it's not really I mean there are certainly acts to the movie but it doesn't really go through a traditional what you would consider like the first the setup you know second act the third act it kind of feels more like buster scruggs the ballad of buster scruggs or a movie that has different stories within it and just sort of progresses there's no real
1: like the yeah it's presented like a series of vignettes that the characters just kind of walk through and they could have been in any order and it wouldn't have made much of a difference like except for the first one but even then, right. you probably could have put the first one in later, and I, you would have been like, "Oh, this must be how they met." You know, yeah. it would have worked regardless. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was strange. I didn't know that going in, but I did. Yeah, like yeah, an yeah. hour into it, I was like, "I feel like things should be <laughs> happening here." You yeah. know, I feel like a plot should be happening by now. And instead, I'm just kind of spending a lot of time with these characters. Fortunately, I was into it because I liked these characters, but I can definitely see how someone else would be like, where, what are we getting at here?
0: I thought that Alana and Gary were great characters. They were a lot of fun to be around. They had great chemistry, I thought, I thought for being new to acting, but not new to Hollywood, they, they both did an exceptional job or not new to entertainment. I should say they both did uh, an exceptional job. Um, But even in the meetup, when we first meet them, Gary is getting his like high middle school, high school yearbook photo taken and high school. Yeah. High school and looks at Alana who is working at the high school yearbook station and just is like, I am ready to he's like i'm put gonna it all marry that there. girl i'm gonna yeah. marry her and then they eventually like when alana then it becomes the chaperone first of all i thought gary was a comment i thought you know i love this 15 year old trying to make it up smooth talker totally not an actor and then he was
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah but
0: <laughs> he's but actually an actor when the chaperone took over i was like okay so here's where the movie's gonna happen Like they're going to get lost in Hollywood together or wherever this uh, talk show was. And that's sort of going to be the fun love story. They're going to get lost wherever they go and they're going to figure it out and run into celebs and stuff.
1: Yeah. yeah. It never happened like that. No, I think the movie was actually really hard to predict where it was going next. I want to watch it again just to see how I feel on the second run around. But I, I did feel like I was constantly trying to keep up with where it was going because yeah. the vignettes they're although they're good, they're kind of just we're at the whim of how these two characters feel about each other. And it seems like that's the movie's like plot line right there. It's not story. It's like the emotion these characters are feeling. And. There is kind of even a climactic part where they're like no longer talking and they're like actively fighting, but it's not traditionally climactic at all. So it does kind of, but like that's kind of what I loved about the pacing of the movie because it felt like we were sacrificing time that would like in a traditional sense be spent on like creating a plot and making the plot move forward. We were sacrificing it instead for, you know, like learning about these characters and how they feel about each other um, and why they like each other, which I think also goes into like this extreme age difference. Yeah. <laughs> which is it's bizarre. Strange. It's definitely yeah. very strange. But by the end of the film, I kind of felt like their age was um, specific because like maybe PTA was thinking like, the embodiment of naive optimism is a 15-year-old boy, right? And the the opposite of that is like an aimless 25-year-old that has been hit and slapped in the face with what adulthood is and just feels like trapped because she's still at home, etc., right? And like just the charm and optimism that the boy would have in contrast to that. So I kind of liked it even though it was bizarre and I hate that it ended with them actually kissing. I don't think we should have ever seen it. I think it should have just fucking ended.
0: I totally agree. I understood that what he was going for in with the teenager, it's about self-exploration in two different phases of your life, which I agree. Yeah. And I, I think what drew them together was exactly what you said. When you're in your mid to late 20s, life kind of sucks. And then Mm -hmm. when you're in your early teens, life is everything. And so there's that attraction there because you're getting the opposite of what you're currently getting. And I think that's attractive to people. But I totally thought that (laughs) I'm very surprised that this got greenlit because probably around the time that this was being written or filmed or produced was that uh, HBO documentary that came out on Woody Allen. And how creepy his movies were uh, as like an older man (laughs) predating on younger people. But this one didn't hit that because it wasn't, it wasn't, there was no power play. There was none of that. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was totally just two friends finding life together, which I thought was exactly. You forgot about the weird mention, like they didn't have to be those ages, but
1: you totally forget about it. Absolutely. Because like, the movie doesn't really care about it either, except for when it's brought up. And I think to like establish the characters. Right. But like after that, the relationship really isn't anything too offensive. You know? No. The, the, when, she, when she actively like shows him her tits, that plays as fucking... I thought that was hilarious. But she does it because it's like, of course... Friends with a 15 year old, he's going to be nagging at you about why you right. you're
0: Who do they call him? Handjob Gary or something? So,
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not that he's given handjobs. But you know but, what's uh, interesting? It's that, like, we have, and we, we have, like, as a culture, this bizarre willingness to ac- accept it when it's a younger man and an older woman than the other way around. When I think they're both kind of fucked up, but like, harold and maude came out <laughs> forever ago in like the seven early 70s and that's like an old lady like a really old are you lady. talking about in
0: movies or in 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 movies right in i movies, think in real life people in, are, movies, yeah, it's, it's... in movies definitely in movies
1: there's <laughs> also that like hulu tv show that's like the teacher or whatever And it's about a teacher who like hooks up with her young student, but they kind of sexualize it, which is bizarre because Kate Mara, right? She's stupid hot, but it's bizarre. So I don't know. And in this instance as well, like you're, I don't know what it is about us that we're willing to overlook it in film. Maybe it's our I inherent think it's the, toxic masculinity that thinks like, Oh, a boy can take it. A boy just wants to ball. Who knows? I think it's a,
0: I mean, I don't want to go on this too long, but I think it's probably yeah. a little bit of who's writing the story and the perspective that it's coming from, right. Is probably oh, male. That's a really good point. I haven't seen the teacher, but I feel that sometimes in that situation, the like when you think of the older male that is taking advantage of running a power play over the younger, maybe naive, powerless in quotes, those I can't see uh, woman. But when it's the younger boy, he's still the one in power. He is yeah. the powerful one that the older teacher is powerless at, uh, against. And he so it's it's the same dynamic. Just the ages are swapped when I think that happens in movies and things. Um, and it's
1: usually written by a dude who. I think uh, that's where you know, I think that's the, the kicker right there is that it's probably written by a dude. And it's like some weird fantasy. Sure.
0: And speaking of kind of overt and interesting, this movie uh, definitely is a, a, a time capsule, especially when it comes yeah. to being pretty racist.
1: Yeah. Speaking of, <laughs> I guess, a fantasy anti-Semitic, <laughs> anti-Semitic as well, possibly <laughs> for sure. The movie is trying to depict a time that was both anti-Semitic and racist. You know, my my problem with Did it, you think is that was that... funny at all, by the way. No,
0: I was like, not Ooh. even the
1: guy like yelling in the horrible no. Japanese That's accent. when I was
0: like, this isn't funny because it's not yeah, that clever. it was a big yikes. yeah Yeah. it was a big ice and to me it sort of went out of the way i totally get you're trying to capture the time period the 60s 70s but you don't have to do it by being racist and it's also the racist that's how i feel about west
1: side story bro man (laughs) i'm like that guy never met a puerto rican anyways no no chance
0: hey what's going on i'm hanging out with my friend puerto rican jack
1: yeah puerto rican joe (laughs)
0: uh yeah my other friends black (laughs) jeff and chinese jimmy um i'm not racist though um (laughs) chinese jimmy (laughs) the guy in the movie
1: too it's just like
0: what would what would have maybe been a saving grace for (laughs) the movie it would
1: that would it would afterwards it would cut to chinese jimmy he'd be he'd be (laughs) like yeah i'm korean (laughs) (laughs) exactly
0: But that's what see, that's what I'm about to get to with this movie is they could have made the scene funny is if they let the woman, women, the multiple women that they degraded in this movie, not just be a prop. The reason the reason I say a prop is because we don't actually get to know what they're saying or feeling in the time. It just sort of is overlooked and made fun of by the guy. And if they had put subtitles of what they were saying, like, oh, my God, this guy's a complete idiot then i think it could have saved it and not been as racist.
1: i disagree i think i think it did show us what they were thinking and feeling because they seem to be driving the show he would like he'd go to them and be like what do you think you know and they were just like mm, clearly displeased so he'd be like yeah no this isn't gonna work even though he says he doesn't speak japanese <laughs> he does speak japanese so like you
0: lost me there man all right it totally lost me on that
1: i i didn't for what it's worth i didn't think i thought that was a lazy joke as well but i didn't think it was that bad
0: let's just brush it under the table and do the "Ah, they were
1: all racist in the 70s am i right all right yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) i guess let's get into in the 70s because they're like like, oh japanese food remember they're like oh and for those who are brave the sashimi careful let's see that's it's what you spicy. mean is like it's like this movie is a time capsule
0: yeah you the know because it
1: also when it got to the gas prices thing well, well we go to the waterbeds, right uh gary before we get there
0: let's 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 okay. kind of work work our way through the cameos because i feel like each cameo that was in the movie sort of helps separate the different time periods that we're in so the first the first bigger well, I guess the first one was kind of small where we get to the talk show where Gary uh, gets Alana to come with him to the talk show. They get out there big time, big, big moment where they're on TV. He's singing. She's kind of proud to be there. But then she locks it's Lucille eyes. Lucille
1: Ball. Lucille Ball is the uh... – Yeah,
0: Lucille Ball. But she locks eyes. Alana locks eyes with Lance the other grown ass man <laughs> that is in the child show why he's played by he, skylar gizondo. gizondo he's so
1: funny i love this fucking kid every time Play. i see him pop up into something i'm stoked me too he was great like wet hot american summer and uh, i'm like oh he was yeah. great in
0: the amazing spider-man too
1: yeah I-, I liked when he showed up but but at this point i'm like oh, okay well for her, it's like she's not going to hook up with a fifteen year old. She's chaperoning him, you know. Yeah, that's true.
0: You got to go for the other fifteen year old
1: How old is Lance supposed to be? Because Lance looks—he seemed
0: like hot shit, man. He was like in his little PJs from the from the show, talking it up. People were love. Oh, him and he's, he even goes,
1: "All right, I'm going to go change out of these pajamas." <laughs> <laughs> he was great, man. Yeah, he's great. Uh, but yeah, and then after that, we get into uh, his his yeah. uh, fat burning waterbeds. Yeah, Lance because doesn't he's last a little, too long. We learned that Gary is like a showman. He's a salesman, you know? He's a hustler, and baby. He's and he's a hustler. Yep. He makes. He and makes and mom child money. acting
0: doesn't doesn't go much further when you're 15. You can't play a child How do you get longer?
1: alone when you're 15 years old? Don't worry about it. I guess it was the 70s, it was the 70s, you know? Yeah, Couldn't even cool. track credit cards back then.
0: I'm just saying, this guy Gary Valentine, 15 in the 70s, can get a loan, but my guy Falcon in 2022, after
1: saving the effing world, can't get a bank loan. That's what I'm saying. That's crazy. But the human, and even the human torch, was denied a bank loan. Uh, <laughs> it's weird because then he, he even starts Pinball Machine Company after that, too. It's crazy.
0: Yeah, so this movie become like it no longer is about being a child actor for our guy Gary. He somehow quickly flips to he's going to start selling waterbeds. That's his new thing. I'm not sure why, I'm not sure how we got there, but we're here. He's selling waterbeds. And yeah. Who does he bring in as his number 2? Is COO? Alana baby. His girl, Alana baby. They're Alana. still together. They make it.
1: I guess they just hang out, huh? They sort of hang out. Led to believe that they just hang out.
0: They hang out. Remember, but remember there is some jealousy, some tension when Alana is selling a mattress, and Gary's like, you gotta sell it. You gotta, you gotta get sexy. You gotta sex sells. And she uh she sells a waterbed, but it was too sexy for old Gary, huh? Mm
1: -hmm. I really liked that scene. This scene, this this movie is really good at like complimenting Alana. Alana yeah. It She clearly seems like PTA's muse in this film. Like, there are so many great close up shots of her smiling, and the lighting on her is incredible, and the background too. And, and this scene was a great performance. You know, it was a great example of her acting chops.
0: That scene was great. And then we sort of move into the next cameo scene, which I had no idea what, what was happening, is when. Alana goes to dinner with the famous yet washed up actor, Sean Penn.
1: <laughs> yeah, but he's playing William Holden, who's William a real Holden. actor. Right. Not himself, yeah. though. Yeah, he's be. playing William Holden and Tom Waits is in that scene, too. I don't know yeah. who or what Tom Waits is playing or doing in that scene. But he's it. They, he comes in They're at dinner
0: and uh, Alana and Sean Penner at dinner, eating, having a good time. And it's the classic, right it up to the 70s, maybe, but it's the classic, like, old white guy interaction where it's like, hey, you son of a bitch. Hey, motherfucker, how are you, man? <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. still banging your wife, you know, like yanking yeah, each other's chains. What chain. I love
1: about that scene is is while this is happening, Alana is completely lost in what they're saying. Like she has no clue what what they're saying and uh, also doesn't care because what's really happening is that Gary has seen her now with uh, William Holden and Tom Waits and is clearly jealous, but he's walking in with these two 12 year old girls (laughs) that look like they're (laughs) appropriate for his age. Yeah. Yeah. But also (laughs) like, a little too young like too young maybe even for his age um, but like their their whole like back and forth in that scene is what's really important and why I didn't catch anything about what Tom Waits and Sean Penn were saying to each other there was
0: a hose, some gas a lighter yeah, maybe some and then for some
1: reason Sean Penn is on a motorcycle with Out of uh, Alana behind him <laughs> And then this scene is off. great too yeah because yeah. then he takes off oh before this though we should say that gary got like wrongfully accused of murdering somebody and just gets <laughs> pulled into a cop station into a police station and then he just walks out of there
0: yeah that was wild
1: yeah so it this is a good way of, of uh these are good examples of how 70s just man. kind of it just happens
0: yeah dude things got done back then I'm telling you, the good old days man, why can't we have that anymore you know, wrongly accused of jail walk out when it's not you you know, walk right out (laughs) also, why are cops so dumb in movies he looked nothing like they're
1: dumb in real life, man, art reflects life (laughs) shout out to all of our boys in blue we love you I know. Well, I love one of them at least. It's my brother. <laughs> I yeah. I did not understand what the fuck Tom Waits was doing in that part of the movie. But after that, it now it seems like the movie. This is when I realized like, oh, this movie is just vignettes. Yeah, just vignettes. And then uh, Alana
0: flies off the back of the dirt bike, and he doesn't even do a cool trick. I thought he was going to do some evil Knievel shit yeah. on there. I thought he was going to at least clear a but. But I got
1: I again it's because this movie's grounded. It's, it's somehow grounded in, in, in a form of reality. (laughs) That was the seventies. You disagree. You make a face like you disagree.
0: 15 year old Gary can walk into any five star restaurant. And know everyone and get a table. There's yeah, that, that was bizarre. That was bizarre. Let's be real. But anyway, what we did get in the scene is that there's still a connection. Even though jealous, there's still a connection between them. Because when Alana just gets yeeted off the dirt bike. Ooh, he sprints. Uh, yeah.
1: He sprints. Gary runs her. right after. Yeah. He's a really good runner. There are good so form. many scenes of them running in this movie. Yeah. And they're all great. I they're so good. Do you think he trained? He took a I don't running No, but he looks. His silhouette just looks really good when it's running. It's like the perfect running silhouette. That's part of um, acting, baby. You got to look good. Yeah, that's true. But Alana Haim too, man. Alana Haim. She ran. They ran a lot for this movie. It seems exhausting. Do you think you get paid
0: more if you have to do more physical activity on a movie? I Probably bet for sure,
1: definitely. I would put that in. There's my like concept. a step.
0: A step count? Yeah, Any uh-huh. for uh, every five steps over 100 steps I take filming this movie, I get an extra $1,500. $1,500? $1, per step. Make good use of it. Woo! I bet that that's probably what was in Cersei's contract. That's probably why she just stood by the window the whole last two seasons. She wow. hit her step count.
1: Have you ever seen Run Lola Run? Run who? Run Lola Run? No, I've seen Chicken Run. Oh, man, it's so good. All right. It's like a German movie that came out forever ago, like in 98. But the whole thing is just her running. She's just running. <laughs> She's running the whole time. So I hope she had that in her contract. She could have made some money. Sounds like chicken. run. They they also you should watch it. You should watch the movie. It's okay. only 80 minutes long.
0: 80 minutes of someone running.
1: Perfect, though. It's perfect. Have you ever run for 80 minutes? No, not unless I was in a lot of trouble yeah i don't think i have either you'd have to be in a lot of trouble to run for 80 minutes. (laughs) are you kidding me i'd have to be in a lot of trouble if i'm running for 80 minutes
0: also i'd be concerned if you're running for 80 minutes and you haven't lost who you're running from at that point both of you need to
1: run the new york city marathon or be in the olympics or
0: something because you how do I know? How it. do you
1: know I'm only running from one person? You know, you could be running from an organization. Weird, because you've been running through my mind all day, <laughs> more than eighty minutes. <laughs> Speaking of running, it felt like they could just kind of run from one scene to the other one in this movie. You think it running?
0: I I think of it as like a jump. It was a, an abrupt change to scenes. So like, like the next one, they'd be
1: like, "Oh, where is she?" And then she just like walk out of frame and just yeah. kind of keep walking into another frame. And then she just shows up at the place. Like this is Encino, California, like a walkable city. Better flat. Because they're just clearly like walking everywhere. And then uh, all of a sudden until, you can survive.
0: Until. Well, I don't know if that's legal or not, but they uh, until they get that big truck where they're selling water mattresses and we get what I think is the best cameo of the movie where yeah. we get Bradley Cooper, Bradley Cooper, who is this psycho producer, man. Uh, and they're installing a waterbed in his beautiful home and he so has good. to run. And he's like, nah, you guys just, just don't mess up my house. And uh, that's when I guess Gary Valentine's like, yeah, I'm going to fuck up your house. I'm going to pour water all over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which seems like a bad idea because even in that limited interaction in the beginning, you knew that, Bradley Cooper was a freaking psycho, and you did yeah. not want to mess with this
1: guy. Playing real life person John Peters—that's an actual John guy Peters. that he's playing. Yeah. Oh, really? And John Peters was—he's a film producer that was married to Barbara Streisand, which oh. is what they say in the movie. Too. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Say her name one more time: Streisand. <laughs> Streisand. Streisand. Sand. Sand. Streisand. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, that guy's a complete But they were together. Oh, well, they were together in this movie. So, yeah,
0: this was wild to me because this is when I kind of, I don't normally do this, but this is when I kind of was like, all right, this movie is—they—they they just gave up on trying to make sense because when, uh, they do mess with Bradley Cooper and then they're trying to run away and then he just shows up in the middle of the road. But like yeah. how convenient it's just there's a little bit too much convenience in this part yeah but i yeah. will say my favorite part of this cameo in this part of the movie uh was when alana drove backwards down the hill so good how how has vin diesel not thought of this for fast night? like fat and <laughs> any fast movie he's never been like yeah okay hear me out out of gas they did a On great job of, the of uh driving it backwards.
1: I win.
0: You never thought yeah. of that.
1: Yeah. Like, uh, like he reaches the finish line by going backwards without gas. Yeah. Out of gas goes backwards. Yeah. yeah, That'd be great. I'd watch that movie, but they did like a really good job of making it tense. Like that scene yeah. was really tense. I every thought time Bradley Cooper would show up like, Oh shit. Like this guy's going to fuck them up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought he, he, his performance was great in this part of the movie. He saved it for me.
0: He kind of brought me back in. Because after the last one with um, uh, Sean Penn, I, I was like, what the hell is going on? The Bradley Cooper cameo kind of... It brought it back yeah. for me.
1: Yeah, that part was so Probably great. All right, let's and then, get it to the uh to the yeah, the guy, yeah, the last one. Benny Safdie shows up.
0: Yeah, so we get this cool like Bradley Cooper thing, and then we just sort of end up in the politician and this, world. And then, This
1: was also the most... This was when I started realizing the formula because she literally like looks over at a picture of Benny Safdie and is yeah. just like, Oh, I guess this is where the story goes this time. I want to you know. Like, now guy. it felt more yeah. like, okay, this, this story's over. Now we're going into a new story. I, I liked this one a lot because basically. she rushed, decides, yeah. yeah. She's like looking at the kids and they're do- being kids with their silhouettes. They have like gas canisters be- between their pants and they're just like humping yeah like pretending to suck each other's gas canisters because they managed to get gas for the uh for the truck um and she's like kind of has this moment with no dialogue at all that you kind of you kind of realize that she's thinking um why am i hanging out with these kids (laughs) yeah these guys suck and so and then she sees the uh walks for mayor benny safty poster and decides, oh, I'm going to become a politician. And that um, gets her heartbroken because this politician was
0: closeted. And that's about all we get to know because we only make it as far
1: as dinner. And then Alana's supposed to take. But also she she almost hooks up with that other guy. What was his name, Matt? Yeah, well, it
0: seemed like Matt wanted to hook up with her.
1: Yeah. But she has huh. a
0: thing for the most powerful guy in the room.
1: <laughs> and normally, I guess that is Gary Valentine. That would
0: normally be Gary Valentine. So yeah. Alana gets her heartbroken at the end because it doesn't go as according
1: to plan. And then we see this beautiful reunion. Wait, I didn't think that gay. she was into walks, though. Yeah, she was. I never got the impression that she wanted to bang walks. Oh, really? I thought she yeah. did. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it was just maybe it's just me, but I thought like I read it as she's like, oh, okay. This she's like inspired by the guy, you know, and then uh when she shows up, like she's clearly going through some real shit, you yeah. know, as a as a he's like a politician and he's a closeted gay man uh, in the 70s. And he's literally just using her as a remember mirror. how
0: racist the 70s were?
1: They don't like gay people either. Yeah, they don't like <laughs> gay people either. Um sucks because gay people are fucking great. <laughs> You hear it here for first, folks. <laughs> <laughs> you can and you can quote me on that one. <laughs> yeah, we love our.
0: I'm
1: running years, for. Huh? I'm running as a politician. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then I, I think that made her realize that, like, maybe this, like, oh, these two people can't be together. But like, the only thing stopping me from being with the person that I like is that he's a boy. <laughs> He's fifteen He's years 15 old. Fifteen years old. Yeah. Yeah. But, but like, then that's people. She can gives it. up. will be eighteen in three years.
0: She she totally gets with it. He has his Bernie's pinball palace. He moved on from uh, air mattresses or water beds. Yeah. And uh, they they reconnect. They love each other. They kiss at the end. That's it. That's the yeah. Movie. They kiss
1: and you hear her say, "I love you." Yeah. I don't know. I I I really enjoyed. I think I had rolled my eyes so far back that I was looking at the back of my skull at this point. (laughs) What were your final thoughts? Um, I mean, overall, I really loved this movie. It it isn't without its flaws, for sure. Like, we can nitpick them easily. Uh, But I don't think that the lack of a traditional story is one of the flaws. I think that, like, the Linklater-esque aimlessness of the film exists to complement the fact that this is a story that is attempting to depict like the complexity of real love and in a realistic way uh, and we and we feel the earnestness of that attempt through two actors that we've never met before you know like because these guys are two new people, it was easy to buy their performances I felt like and and that yeah, they were they brilliant. don't look traditionally, like actors like Alana Haim is beautiful, but you know, she's got like very distinct facial features that make, that make her look really unique. And because of like those factors and the fact that it doesn't follow like a traditional meet cute with like a second act breakup. And then like a third dramatic act where they get back together because one of them depicts like uh, there's like a big show of love, Like, yeah, yeah, they, they, or they stop a wedding Because they realize that I love you, you know, whatever. Uh, All that shit that we see in normal rom-coms. Like, this movie doesn't not follow that formula, but it loosens it up a little bit, you know. And, And it sacrifices those story beats for character beats, which I found like really to be really earnest. And I thought it was like a very earnest portrayal of a bizarre relationship, just a, a very weird relationship. But I already explained why I think he chose two people of this age because of their vast differences. You can play up that like love doesn't follow all these rules. And there may be things about your partner you don't like. But at the end of the day, you, you work at them. You want to spend time with them. And so like, it made the performances seem really authentic and alive. And I thought that the cinematography as a whole was beautiful. And the score by Johnny Greenwood from Radiohead was so fucking good that you just felt so immersed, you know, I don't know. Overall, I was, I was really, I really enjoyed it, but again, not without its flaws. What about you? Hmm. What are your final thoughts, bud?
0: Um, To me, it felt like Paul Thomas, Anderson wrote this movie for himself. It like uh, this, there wasn't, as you've said, there wasn't really much story. It was more like we're reliving different memories that he had in his life and the ties to connect those memories just aren't really cohesive. It's, we're just jumping from main point to main point. Um, I also just felt that it, as a comedy that this is listed as a lot of the jokes don't really land. Um, they all just sort of felt like inside jokes to me as a viewer. Like I felt like all of the people in the movie got them, but as someone that's looking in from the outside, I, I was like, I don't get it. Like the whole Sean Penn scene felt like an inside yeah, no joke that was I was just there. not in. on. Uh, um, and the critics probably loved it uh, because they're always in on those inside jokes whether they are they're like
1: oh that's William Holden that famous actor from the 1960s like what right
0: <laughs> and or they just pretend that they know what the jokes are even though they don't um, and so that's that was sort of that's how I final like take
1: very pretentious you know like a, like that's what a pretentious critic would do um, I don't disagree. So- I don't disagree I mean, with any of your faults at all, John, for what it's worth. Like, I, I do think this movie feels like PTA wrote it for himself. It feels like he's being nostalgic for a time in his childhood or something. Right. Or you could even I, you could even if you told me, oh, it's because he fucking loved his babysitter when he was a kid. And <laughs> she was it. like this beautiful Jewish woman. Uh, I would believe that. Yeah. <laughs> I believe that 100%. Um, and it does also feel like memories that are just stitched together. Because there are pieces of the movie. Um, and I remember feeling like, did we time jump? Like, are we, <laughs> is it, is he 18 years old now? Please tell me he's 18 years old now. Definitely you know, not. Like, I was actually waiting for the movie to time jump. To where he was like an adult. You know, mm. but... Again, like we said in the beginning, like this movie never went the way that you thought it would. Uh, I also uh,
0: my my last thing is just I feel like it never had a sense of identity other than it was a movie that was based in 1970, and I feel like oof. it had elements of rom com. It had elements of great characters, but the it's almost like you have these two really good players on a sports team but the team itself has no identity and doesn't know where it wants to go so it relies solely on those two amazing athletes to carry this team and sometimes it works but sometimes when you look a little bit deeper it really just was okay and they got the job done and i think that's like the warriors uh sure maybe uh (laughs) Uh, so but that's sort of what i think let's let's jump into what some of the actual critics think all right let's do it we'll uh we'll start with some of these critic reviews where they uh you know seem to be pretentious and so i started with the most pretentious of all of them this is from the daily telegraph in the united kingdom this person gave it a five out of five which five out of five for Uh, I want to mansplain this for people. A five out of a five is a perfect score, which means that this is a perfect movie. Uh, And they wrote, licorice pizza is irresistibly hard to pin down. You'd have to go back around 50 years to the likes of Hal Ashby's Shampoo or Peter Bogdanovich's The Last Picture Show to find another that runs on a similar kind of woozy clockwork. And that's why, ladies and gentlemen, people hate critics
1: <laughs> wow yeah i don't really know what the fuck he's talking about But that's what the movie felt know. like to me
0: <laughs> it felt like a bunch of hal Ashby's shampoo and peter Bogdanovich's the last
1: picture show that's what it felt like to me because i have no idea what the hell those are yeah i have no idea what those are i'm assuming they're films should i go back and watch them <laughs> well, like, well, what I feel like he's saying is that like the I'm assuming that these movies are period pieces as well. And if you want to yeah. go back to 50 years ago, those movies probably did the same thing. So uh, can okay, I say something? Sure. Because
0: I feel like some people might Whatever. really dislike me for some of my takes on like how artful this movie was. I do enjoy very artful movies. The French Dispatch this is a beautiful movie. The colors. <laughs> cinematography it has quirkiness it has comedy but it also has a plot yeah there also is something and that movie is
1: also vignettes it is it's multiple vignettes
0: but they tie together for the 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 final release of the french dispatch like that's it's it makes sense that
1: movie was so good for the person that's like
0: john you just hate this movie because you don't understand art i understand art
1: Mm -hmm. fuck you all right the reveal. Also, art is subjective. That's the whole point. True. The reveal. You're supposed another to feel however you want.
0: Gave it a four and a half out of five. Anderson and Haim, with her sharp-elbowed and funny yet soulful performance, capture the flailing, directionless condition of being a woman in her mid-twenties. That's you what a I said.
1: That's you what I'm saying. Critic.
0: And then My this God. last one, the Financial Times gave it another perfect score, five out of five. Such is the energy Anderson whips up forever sending in chaos from the edge of the frame, as you mentioned. Uh, the result is a giddy freewheel in which scenes never end how you or the characters expect, and what's coming next is anyone's guess. Boom. Oh, my
1: You're, God. Uh, two for two are we, on those are we critics reviews. or what? Just wow. you.
0: Wow. <laughs> oh. Let's hear Here. what the audience said. For what it's worth, I, didn't, I
1: didn't read any of those. I didn't read no, any critic didn't. reviews and we what? pulled those before uh,
0: we uh, finished the outline and before we started recording so those uh, those are true to form well done uh, let's hit on some of these audience reviews as we mentioned 90% wow from the critics 65 from the audience so the audience ones might be a little harsh our guy here oh, or girl th- these are L- going to be yours
1: john these are going to yeah, be these are, my these are the people, people
0: that are speaking here <laughs> for this movie we're speaking the same lingo yeah (laughs) have we had Uh, another movie
1: john where you and i disagree on it so much
0: i think so at some point right probably definitely definitely um okay right here two stars (laughs) great start it was cool just the age gap between the main characters i didn't agree with because if it was a 25 year old man with a 15 year old teenage girl the whole world would be canceling this film since it was a teenager boy it was considered comedy that's so funny <laughs> we also had that
1: conversation we did so i don't we think we need to go, go well. back into that LK, no, no, no. Not... but you know what I, this is reminding me of uh because of the the slapping that happened um I kept reading these, like, Twitter takes, and it was like, if it was a... If Will Smith had gone up and slapped a black guy or if a black guy had gone up and slapped a white guy... Wait. Well, he did slap a black guy, yeah. But if if Will Smith had been a white guy slapping a black guy, you know, there's, like, all these Twitter takes. They're like, oh, he would have been in handcuffs immediately or if it had been Mm -hmm. the other way around. Let me break it to you. He would
0: not have been in handcuffs because he was about to win Best Actor, so... (laughs) Can't put the best actor yeah. in handcuffs. Sorry. Which is yeah. also strange, right? But it's just if funny. It's just like. He was going to win best actor and then did that. And that that had to require some acting. And wouldn't he have been kicked out? But he didn't. Because.
1: Right. So that like that conspiracy theorists but uh uh I don't know. I saw the slow-mo. And you can see the little jiggle in, in Chris Rock's cheeks. Like when Rocky gets smacked in the face. Have you ever yeah, seen
0: like, WWE? <laughs> <laughs> you can get your ass cheeks off the mic. Jeez Louise.
1: <laughs> All right. Uh, so he, but, oh, but, I right. mean, he's probably right. This is the worst part. It's like if this was a movie about a 15-year-old girl falling in love with a 25-year-old man.
0: No, it's not. Have you seen a Woody Allen movie? We talked about this before. Oh, that's He's right. still not canceled. And the HBO documentary came out about that. So have you heard of
1: any of people in Hollywood? Come on,
0: please. You're right. Um, They're all
1: pedophiles. What about that Pizza Hut where they were all doing their shenanigans?
0: Did you know that (laughs) Pizza Hut is uh, like up to 2013 was one of the world's largest buyers of kale? Because they would use it to decorate their uh, salad
1: bar. They wouldn't even eat it. They wouldn't even feed it to people. No, dude. Just just remember
0: decoration. when you went to the Pizza Hut buffet and they had the yeah, leafy
1: green? Yeah, That that was kale. How about that? Wow, you know? wow. I miss those. Put that pizza one in the Hut memory buffets. bank, kids. I want to see a PTA movie set in a Pizza Hut buffet. <laughs>
0: That'd be so sad.
1: Yeah, just like all uh, vignettes of like different '90s uh, fast food restaurants. You know, like we could have a whole sequence. Of us in the um, playpen, at play McDonald's house. yeah, exactly, in the playpen at McDonald's, yeah. just running through those like hamster, uh, adult-sized hamster mazes. Yeah, it's more like because that's what people want. Yeah. yeah, I mean, think about all the color choices. You, as a cinematographer, it, it could look really good. It could, yeah, if you want it, but it could also sound really bad. Just skirk, skirk, skirk. Yeah. <laughs> The echo. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. I remember walking out of those fucking things and like my knees were all fucking scraped up and shit from the friction. Good times.
0: Did you know that if a, a ball pit is so deep and how you deep, jump deep from, is it? <laughs> and you were to jump from a high, like a super high up into a deep ball pit, you could drown in the ball pit. Because yeah. you wouldn't be able to uh, get to the surface. Isn't that wild? Can you imagine yeah. hanging in a ball pit? Imagine going to an old Chuck E. Cheese and cleaning out the ball pit and there's a dead body in there.
1: God damn. <laughs> I do remember hearing stories about them finding, like, snakes and shit in them.
0: Oh, hell no. Anyway, E over here, three and a half stars of licorice pizza. Uh, love the cinematography. The narrative was confusing at times, making you lose sense of time that has gone through the years. Has okay. it gone through the years? I don't think so. I think felt like he started in a summer. I think he started a waterbed agency and then a pinball palace in the span of three months.
1: Yeah, I don't know. That's wild,
0: man. Business be hurting back. Then.
1: There's that scene of them like just putting all this money on the counter from how well their waterbed business is going. Mm-hmm. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> what happened to all that money? You know, what because then be the water that's what he used to, to buy the
0: pinball palace. Oh, yeah, man. What would man, I do? His now? mama signed sign a lot of copays. What do you think Gary Valentine's hustling on right now? Probably NFTs and crypto. He's like For
1: 50 years. Oh, yeah. He's he deep into
0: ETH it. right now. He's oh, like yeah. slinging ETH back and
1: forth. Ethereum. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's all over it.
0: All right. Our guy, Bronco Bill. Bronco Bill, two and a half stars. Kind of slow, kind of all over the board, kind of quirky couldn't distinguish between a comedy or a romance was expecting more Bronco Bill hated it so it seems like yeah
1: for the audience, I guess maybe we should talk about this a little bit is like what do you think what do you think is hitting for the critics that doesn't hit for the audience?
0: I think the critics
1: I think it's the cinematography and I think it's the
0: their perception of an original film because uh you don't see too many movies that go vignette by vignette i guess and so they're considering e- they're maybe looking at each one as a mini movie instead of the larger movie overall um yeah and like i said i think they just want to think it's cool there's some there are those movies that you know are terrible but it has famous people in it and so yeah dude like, like inception oh, yeah
1: no 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 <laughs> Yes, exactly. I understand exactly where sorry. you're coming from now. <laughs> no. Thanks for so thanks. Wrong. Just like Inception. You're so oh wrong. dude, you're so right, John. You're so I couldn't have said it better myself about Inception. Um, <laughs> 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 um, but no, I think you're right. But I also think it's the narrative that is really dividing the critics and the audiences on this one. Because it seems like they're cool with it being, I think one of them called it directionless and flailing, yeah. Yeah. and uh, another one said like, "Oh, what's coming next is anyone's guess," you know. Meanwhile, like in the when the audience is say like, "Yeah, it's kind of all over the place, kind of quirky," you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hey, let's I, get into. I our I tend to like games. that though because it kind of moves away from traditional storytelling, but then it's this is something I fight with because sometimes I also think that like, if you're going to follow a three act structure, it's, it's literally a three act structure. Like there's a formula to it. Um, So when that fails, you're like, okay, this sucks because it doesn't follow that three act, but this one doesn't try to follow an act structure at all. I don't think.
0: Which is admirable. I just think that there are also issues within the way it's done. let's get into our uh, real ranking here. first since we maybe want to end on a high note (laughs) I gave this uh, this movie a 70 out of 100 which is higher than the audience score so it's not terrible this movie reminds me when I think about what I said before in the recap and when I give it a 70 it reminds me a lot of a dream it's fun It's nostalgic. There's lots of beautiful colors. There's things happening in the storytelling and the cinematography. But like in a dream, when it's over, you look back and you're like, did any of that make sense? Like, how did I go from being a child actor on a late night talk show to driving Bradley Cooper in my van that's used for (laughs) waterbed business? Like, it just sort of goes from key point to key point disregarding how we got there. Um, and if you're someone that enjoys a movie to shut your brain off and just go along for a ride, this movie is perfect
1: for you. Which kind of goes into why I like this movie, because uh, it reminds me of Days and Confused. And Days and Confused is 100% a movie that you just shut your brain off. Just, you're just along for the ride. You're just here to see these people captured in a moment of time. Right. And this movie exists to capture a moment in time. In this case, it also, though, captures a non traditional love story between a grown ass man and a boy. I mean, a grown ass woman and a boy. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Uh, Regardless, though, the film presents it earnestly and it doesn't try to hide the issues that that might bring. Um, Although I will say, now that I say that, it does. Have these very vague attempts to like let you just kind of like forget about it, yeah. You know, like yeah. There's one scene where Alana asks her sister, "Do uh, you think it's weird that I hang out with Gary and his 15 year old friends?" And like, her sister's supportive, so she says no. But then Alana realizes that she's lying, and she's like, "I, I mean, I think it's weird that I hang out with a 15 year old and his friends." So it's like it's trying to tell us that you know we're not ignoring she's not ignoring that either uh it isn't without its issues but because of these imperfections you know it finds meaning and like love it's not perfect but it has meaning and value wow i'm crying i can be (laughs) a pretty soulful guy (laughs) Yeah, maybe I'm just a romantic, John. Maybe, maybe maybe, your love is blind. Ooh, way to make it come hey. full circle. Something this movie did not do. Full circle, baby. But anyways, what did you guys think of Licorice Pizza or any of the other Best Picture noms? Let us know on the socials at Pod and be sure to check out all of our other episodes wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jose Garcia Chow. Alongside John Wolf, today, I sided with the critics. I did not. John sided with the audience. Big audience gang. (laughs) But remember, at the end of the day, everyone's a real critic. A real
0: critic. A pod divided.
1: Did you see a pizza at any point in this movie?
0: No, apparently Licorice Pizza was a uh, record store. They didn't even go to a record store. No,
1: they didn't. God damn it. That's why this movie sucks.